welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Princeton, New Jersey is Jason Meyer. Jason is president of Lead Good. And Jason has been a part of our programs for years and will be joining us for the 2022 Compliance and Ethics Institute in Phoenix, where he'll be addressing working with the board and, well, frankly, not making the board board. Uh, first, Jason, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today and for speaking at Phoenix. Adam, always great and honored to be speaking at the CEI and a real pleasure to be with you today. Thanks so much. Oh, you're more than welcome. So let's talk about the fun subject of not boring the board. Um, what are some common mistakes that can leave the board board? You know, t to me, the first thing is the same question or the same issue that arises with any compliance audience when you're speaking to them or doing education. And, and to me, that is that the listener or the learner has a little voice in their head and the little voice asks a question. Is this about me or is it a total waste of time? And <laughs> just just like that's the question they get asked by, you know, by some guy working a factory line, that is still the question that the board is going to ask. Is this about me? And I think a, a key thing to remember is the board of directors is a group that that just hears presentation after presentation. That's what a lot of their board meeting is. And so one mistake is not cutting through the noise, giving them the same old, same old, you know, it's PowerPoint, it's full of bullet points, you know, yada, yada, just sort of being boring, but also not focusing on the audience. I think it's easy to feel like there's a lot on your plate that can lead to wandering when you're with the board. It can lead to maybe oversimplifying in what, if, what is really a sophisticated audience. It can lead to relying on jargon that they may not know. Mostly, I think it can lead to spending too much time on what matters to you as a compliance leader, as opposed to what matters to them. So again, it's what's on their mind, what matters to them, how to make it about them. And if you don't know, then do some focus grouping and ask, because there's actually a lot less out there in writing about talking to the board than you'd think. Huh. Interesting. And, and as you're saying it, it, it took me back to my advertising days where mm -hmm. always the emphasis was on communicating from the listener's perspective. It wasn't about exactly. what you want to say. It's what they want to hear and how you make what you have to communicate relevant to them. So let's talk more about how to avoid the problem. First, how do you get them to see the value of investing their time in compliance and not just leave that to management? Yeah, Adam, I think you, you raised already a central point, which is uh, you know, part, of, part of our philosophy at, at Lead Good is what we call the, the eight mindsets, these sort of like eight, eight mindsets you have to keep in mind, eight things to keep in mind or perspectives to keep in mind anytime you're trying to deliver a compliance message. And one of them is exactly what you said, be audience centric, make sure you've got the mindset of the learner. Start what's in it for the board and board members and laser focus on that. So, uh, you know, th there's some commentators who say, Hey, hey, assume you're dealing with lizard brain, like immediately go to the most fearful, you know, content you possibly can. To me, in my experience, that's that's a little harsh. I, I think one thing about directors is they are extremely experienced. Um, frequently with directors, you're dealing with former CEOs, former CFOs. Um, 
they, uh, you know, they've heard compliance talk before, but they did it in their role as executives. That means they are ready for nuance if you're on point, but they also have a new perspective. Um, I think part of it for directors is that perspective is really different. So when you're talking to directors, for example, things like Department of Justice guidelines, stock exchange rules, the Caremark decision, you know, that stuff would be really distant if you were talking to rank and file, might even be distant talking to senior executives. But for the board, those are real issues for them. That's, you know, that's where they live and breathe. That's the level of concern that the board would be at. When uh, when I we, we built education for board members and, and with Lead Good, we were proud to partner with the National Association of Corporate Directors in, in creating some courseware for the boards. We found real success in combining hard information. You know, here's what your duty is. This is how this falls within this duty or this large risk area. We would combine that with some scenario-based perspectives from the board setting and try to make it as real life as you can. Um, you know, other mindsets that are, that are critically important would, would be to touch again on Adam what you said, the mindset of the marketer. You know, make sure, you know, repetition matters. Make sure you're really stressing what's important um, and make sure you're putting some sizzle behind it. I guess the, the one other piece of advice I would give Adam, thinking about your question and about how you show that you don't just leave this to management. There is, I think, a pitfall that it's easy to, to hit when you're kind of new talking to the board. And that is, I think you have to beware of following the lead of the CEO and CFO too much. I mean, sure, those are the people, those are the leaders you spend most of your time with. And they may tell you, hey, when you talk to the board, do this and that. But on a long term, I think compliance's goal, the compliance leader's goal, is to really have that direct dotted line to the board, or to at least to the audit committee of the board. So when you go before the board, you need to show that compliance being at the table brings them unique value and unique information and a unique perspective. And if you're too much in the CEO's shadow, you might have a hard time doing that. And you don't want to be in the shadow also because you want to be able to demonstrate some independence. Now, you mentioned exactly. Exactly, unique yeah. information. So it leads to another question I have is, what does the board need to know about the compliance program? There's obviously always a lot going on, but not all of it is relevant for them. What is the unique stuff they need to know? Yeah, and I think for that, there, there's some maybe some keywords to keep in mind to help keep you focused on that. And, and to me, the, the keyword, the, the most important word to remember is oversight. The, that is the board's role. The board's role is oversight. They are at that level of issue. They're not hands-on. They're not super managers. The proper role of a board is oversight. A lot of the board's work is knowing what questions to ask people. That's their oversight role. People come in and they ask them questions. So if you can help them know what questions to ask and what a bad answer is, that is very helpful information to the board. I think the board is also in a prime position in their oversight role to make sure that the promises that the company makes and that management makes are not empty promises. So for example, that talk of culture and in the uh, and and you know key values and the code of conduct that that's not just lip service. The board is in a particularly good position to monitor for that. When it comes to things like ESG initiatives, 
or diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. The board is in the position to tell the difference, maybe in the best position, to tell the difference between lip service and what's really happening. So if you can turn them on to that oversight role and link that to compliance, that's a great thing the board needs to know. Another key word would be fiduciary. Board members have direct fiduciary responsibilities. They are concerned about their personal uh, responsibilities. So speaking to them about things that happen that are securities level risks, that are investor level risks, that are major reputational risks for the company, that's super valuable to them. So in fact, risk itself is another key word to keep in mind, but here we're talking about existential risks, big risks, the kinds of things that will affect, will affect stock prices as opposed to you know, routine everyday operational risks. And I think a, a final key topic for the board has to do with speaking up. Um, I'm convinced, I know a lot of my compliance colleagues are convinced, that the whole idea of speaking up is a primary driver of compliance and a primary source of risk when you don't have a speak up culture, when there's retaliation, when people are not feeling free to report. So a long-term goal can be to teach the board to have in mind that filter of what is promoting speaking up, what is promoting getting key information, what's promoting a culture in which key information gets to the board um, and the, how that is in their long-term interest and the long-term interest of the company. Really, the board is tone at the tippy top um, and making sure the board understands that role is key. Yeah, I think it would be fun if we we did make that an official term, the tone at the tippy top. Um, but you know, you are right, it is the top Thank you, of copyright the top. lead good, 2022. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit, not just about what to tell them, but how to tell them things. You uh -huh. know, to get to yeah. keep their attention, you have to use language that will hold their interest. You talk about some terms already that will grab their attention, but how can compliance people most effectively, you know, speak board? Well, uh, the first thing I would say is, well, hey, come to my workshop at the Compliance and Ethics Institute, uh, or get the recording of it if you can't get to Phoenix, and and you'll hear, you know, we'll have an hour and a half workshop on that. Um, but but putting that plug aside, I think on on top of what we already talked about, Adam, uh, a few things come to mind for me. One is, you know, it's kind of drilled into our head, especially in the e-learning area. You know, oh well, you should use seventh grade language. You know, you have to make sure you're speaking in terms that everyone understands. Uh uh, not for the board of directors. These are former executives. Uh, they're fairly uniformly college educated. Um, if you if you speak down to the board, uh, you are not going to get their attention. They are they are ready for a sophisticated view. It's a it's really almost a completely different language set. So that's one. Second thing is do focus on this key words: fiduciary duty, existential risk, um, you know, uh, oversight. Those are the words that will get their attention because that is their job. Um, I think trying to focus them on leading indicators, on how they can see how things are going. Again, they're in an oversight role. Can you point them at a few metrics um, that are really key to them instead of, you know, instead of drowning them in possibilities, throwing a huge number uh, amount of numbers and statistics at them to show the, the program's worth. Yes, you definitely want to take this opportunity to show the program's worth, but see if you can get them to focus on just a few metrics that are really strong leading uh, indicators, ones you're comfortable with, 
so that, again, you've made their oversight role easier. Um, I think the growth of ESG and DEI programs are certainly openings for compliance to have more face time with the board and to get at things the board already has their attention on. But I think you can get their attention even better if you are the one as a compliance leader to get past the buzzwords in ESG and DEI to where the rubber really hits the road for someone in a fiduciary oversight role. And then finally, I would say sell it. Mindset of the advertiser. Get some sizzle in there. Don't be just another presentation that comes in and I've got a PowerPoint and here's some interesting information and do you have any questions? Like go go in there and sell the program. Sell yourself. Make your what can you do to make your presentation stand out? Uh, maybe be a little different. Maybe it'll be more fun, but you've got to cut through the noise. Well, and if you don't cut through the noise, you're not getting the attention you need and the, and the support. Now, there's going to be a balance between reporting and education. You know, there's a mm -hmm. given how compliance keeps changing, the board's got to be kept up to date on what expectations are of the government, but also what's going on in terms of other compliance programs so you're not falling behind. How do you find the right balance uh, of the two? You know, I, I think it's a great question, Adam. To me, in setting that balance between reporting and education, education to me may be even more important. Um, sure, the board has that oversight role. They've got to be aware of major issues. That's part of the reporting role. But the opportunity for them to get the education is rare. Um, and I think it may be a better way to get their attention uh, than throwing a lot of reporting numbers at them. So again, I would say laser focus on a director's personal risks and personal roles. What are the situations and risks that a director will encounter? What are the situations and risks that a director can control or has really strong oversight over? And focus both on reporting those and making the director not only a better consumer of compliance information, but a better consumer of all the information they get in oversight from a compliance point of view. Again, the beginning and the end point is the mindset of your audience. What's in it for them? We get back to you know really where we started, which is mm -hmm. making sure you make things relevant for people and know that they're listening for what's going to affect them. Well, Jason, Absolutely. thank you for sharing these insights with us. I think your session at the 2022 Compliance and Ethics Institute in Phoenix should be a fabulous one. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.